Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents, Understanding Jennifer. This tale begins out in the middle of the woods with Roger, in his 40s, dressed in camouflage cold weather gear and carrying a rifle, carefully navigating his way through a thick patch of underbrush that is surrounded by towering Douglas firs. He stops, looking down at the ground, then carefully clears the brush away from his feet, revealing several distinct prints left from a deer. Ha ha ha! Bingo! I've got you now. So much for trying to hide from me, you little son bitch. Roger slowly raises his rifle and uses the scope to scan the trees in front of him. Where are you at? I know you're out there. I can taste that summer sausage already. Roger slings his rifle over his shoulder, then kneels down and studies the tracks. I would say that judging from these tracks, you were just making your way through here minutes ago. Roger slowly looks around. I'm very close. Roger stands up and slowly follows the line of tracks into thicker brush, when suddenly the jaws of a razor-sharp bear trap spring up and slam shut around his leg, sinking their teeth all the way to the bone. Roger screams out in agony as he drops the rifle and grabs his leg, finding a steady stream of blood oozing out onto the ground. Oh, fuck me! Roger grabs hold of the trap and tries prying it back, but it doesn't budge. Open already, you motherfucker! Roger uses all his strength, causing his veins to bulge as he tries to open the trap, but it does not come apart. You've got to be shitting me! Roger reaches over and grabs his rifle and slams the butt of it against the trap, but it doesn't budge and only causes him more pain with each impact. Son of a... Bitch. Roger, frustrated and in pain, tosses his rifle down and grabs hold of his leg and jerks on it, peeling back more of his already mangled skin. But due to the immense pain, quickly lets go, then punches the ground several times as he watches the blood escape his body. Fuck! 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 Roger takes a deep breath. Oh, what is wrong with you right now? You need to think. Roger slaps his face several times. Oh, focus on what you can control right now. Get your shit in check, Roger. You gotta stop that bleeding before it's too late. Roger looks around. Uh, what can I use? Um... Roger looks over at his rifle. Ha! That will do the trick. Roger reaches over, grabbing his rifle, and tears off the sling. He then wraps the sling around his leg, then takes a deep breath before tightening, which causes a surge of pain followed by his screams. Roger, with sweat rolling down his face, watches as the blood slows down to a trickle. All right. I've got that problem under control. Thank God. God, for that CPR class work made me take last year. 
Now I just need to get someone out here to help me. Roger digs through his pockets. Come on. I know you're in here someplace. Roger finally pulls out a phone and dials 911 and watches as the service icon just keeps spinning. Ah. Oh, don't do this to me now. Come on already, just connect. Roger stares at the phone in disbelief as the icon stops, followed by several annoying beeps, then a message indicating lack of service. Roger runs his hand over his face in frustration. You've got to be shitting me right now. No service? Are you fucking kidding me? Roger holds the phone up as high as possible, then dials 911 again. Oh, please, connect! The phone repeats a series of prompts, returning the same message, causing Roger to stare at the phone in anger. More coverage and more places my fucking ass! Piece of fucking dog shit! Roger, furious, flings the phone across the clearing into a tree, and it bounces off, disappearing in the bushes below. Roger, in pain and feeling slightly scared, looks out around the woods. Somebody help me! Please! I'm stuck in somebody's damn bear trap! Is there anybody out there? Roger looks down at his leg then reaches down again, grabbing it and pulls on it. But due to the incredible amount of pain the jagged teeth dragging across his bone produces, he quickly blacks out. Roger slowly opens his eyes, finding himself laying on his side, then the feeling of something tugging on his leg. Woozy, he lifts his head and looks down at his leg, finding a mangy-looking rat biting and pulling on a piece of the exposed flesh. Get the fuck off me, you little cocksucker. Roger shakes his leg, generating pain in the process, but the rat continues to bite. Little bastard! Roger quickly scans the area around him, finding a decent-sized branch, which he grabs, then swings, smacking the rat and causing it to scurry off into the woods. Ha! Take that, asshole. Roger, sighing, lets his head fall back onto the ground, then slowly lifts his arm up to look at his watch. It's already three o'clock? Roger lets his arm fall to the ground. You've got to be kidding me. I've been out here for five fucking hours. Roger looks around the woods. Help me! Somebody needs to help me! All of a sudden, the bushes behind Roger make noise, drawing his attention. Who's there? Hello? Can you hear me? Jennifer, who is 14, wearing a black T-shirt, weathered jeans with red converse, glasses, and a plain baseball cap, steps out of the bushes and walks up to Roger, looking down at him. Holy smokes, mister. What are you doing? Are you okay? Roger, relieved, looks up at Jennifer. Oh, thank God. You have no idea how happy I am to see you. I really need your help. Jennifer carefully studies the trap and Roger's leg. Jeez, oh, Pete. 
I'm certainly no doctor, but I think it's safe to say that your leg has seen better days. That looks like a lot of blood. What in the world happened? Roger, irritated, gestures toward the trap. What the fuck does it look like happened? Jennifer, offended, puts her hands up. I'm sorry for what must be a very unpleasant situation, sir, but I would truly appreciate it if you would refrain yourself from using that unnecessarily dark, vulgar language. Roger, dumbfounded, stares at Jennifer. The hell are you talking about? Dark language? Are you fucking kidding me? Jennifer cringes. Do you not see the situation I'm in right now? If you don't help get this trap off me, I'm gonna fucking bleed to death. Right here in these fucking woods. Now please, just get down here and grab a side of this thing and help me open it up. Jennifer hesitantly kneels down and looks at the teeth on the trap. Yikes, those are some wicked looking teeth. And it would appear that they went all the way in. Roger reaches up and grabs one side of the trap, then looks at Jennifer. Okay. Go ahead and grab hold of that other side. Jennifer carefully grabs hold of the trap. Now what? Now we pull. Straining, they both pull on the trap. But nothing happens as Roger looks at Jennifer. Are you even pulling? Jennifer, straining, looks at Roger. Perhaps... It does not appear that I am trying, but I assure you, sir, that I am doing the best that I can do. Roger, frustrated, lets go of the trap and lets his head fall back onto the ground. What's wrong, sir? Did I do something wrong? It's a fact that women just don't have the upper body strength that men have. You didn't do anything wrong. The fucking thing didn't even budge. Jennifer points down at a lock that is attached to the trap. I think I may have found the reason why the trap will not open. It would appear somebody has gone and rigged this trap with a unique locking mechanism of some kind. Why would somebody do such a thing? It's as if they were planning on trapping something other than an animal. What? Roger leans up and looks down at the trap and the locking mechanism. What the fuck is that shit? I swear to Christ, when I find the cocksucker that set this trap, I'm going to pound the living shit out of them. Jennifer leans back, shaking her head. You really need to focus on the situation at hand, because all this hostility isn't going to help matters. Roger stares at Jennifer, then takes a deep breath, then looks down at the trap. Okay, change of plans here. Since we are unable to open this fucker, I'm going to need you to run back into town and find some help. Jennifer nods her head in excitement. Who should I find? I don't give a shit. Just find somebody. I can definitely do that. Roger stares at Jennifer. What the hell are you waiting for? Get going already. Shoot, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm so sorry for my hesitation. Jennifer jumps up. I want you to know that I will not stop running until I reach town and get you the help that you so desperately need. You can count on me. Roger throws his hands forward. 
Will you just stop talking and start running already? You're wasting daylight. I'm on it. Jennifer runs her finger across her mouth, pretending to zip it, then darts off into the woods, disappearing as Roger drops his head on the ground, sighing. Un-fucking-believable. Roger lays on the ground, looking up at the sky that is slowly getting darker, then looks at his watch. What the fuck is taking her so damn long? Town isn't that far away from here. She should have been back by now. Hello? Are you still out here? Roger snaps his head up in excitement. I'm over here! Thank God! Bushes can be heard moving. I can hear you, but I just can't seem to find you. Did you move or something? Roger throws his hands up. No, I I didn't move. Just follow the sound of my voice, for Christ's sake. Jennifer comes walking out into the clearing, carrying a Slurpee as Roger eagerly moves his head side to side, trying to look around her for the help. What's going on? Where are they at? Jennifer stops, then casually looks back behind her, then back at Roger. Where are who at? Roger's eyes grow wide in frustration. The help you were supposed to be getting for me? Darn it. Well, don't I feel like a real numbskull right now? I should have listened to that nagging feeling. I knew I forgot to do something. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you fucking with me right now? How could you possibly forget? Jennifer holds her hand up in a calming manner. All right now, take a deep breath. You seem extremely agitated. And I wish I could furnish you with an explanation that would put you more at ease. But I must confess, I think that any explanation I could muster up would be lacking in its ability to provide you with the needed comfort. But I will give it the old college try. So, when I left here, I had every intention in the world of securing the help you so desperately need that would get you out of that atrocious trap and to a doctor that could mend that mangled leg of yours and, in the process, saving your life. Roger stares at Jennifer, dumbfounded. When I finally reached town, that first store of convenience that I happened upon was the old 7-Eleven on 8th Street. I marched right in there, bound and determined on becoming a local hero, resulting in my photo in the town paper. But before I knew it, I was caught under the spell of that dang slurpy machine. I can only imagine that due to my exorbitant exhaustion from running all the way through the woods and being so parched that my mind was easily seduced by its allure. Jennifer holds the slurpy out to Roger. Where are my manners? Perhaps you would like some as it may provide you some refreshment. Roger looks at Jennifer in amazement. Would I like some? Jennifer takes a sip, then holds it back out. It's cherry flavor, and it's oh so yummy. Does it look like I want a drink of a fucking Slurpee? What I want is my fucking leg out of this fucking trap before I die out here in the middle of these fucking woods. Jennifer, disgusted, lowers the Slurpee. I thoroughly understand that the position you currently find yourself stuck in would make it arduous to control your frustration and anger, 
But honestly, is the use of all that dark language really going to help your situation at all? Roger slams his fist on the ground. Listen, you little bitch. If you don't get out! Jennifer, furious, kicks Roger's wounded leg and watches as he grips it in agony. Now, I really didn't want to do that to you, sir, but you went ahead and forced my hand and left me no other alternative. I have tried to warn you about your use of dark language. I'm not trying to suggest anything here, but that kind of language is really a sample of your intelligence and lack of an extensive vocabulary. Roger, grimacing in pain, looks up at Jennifer, who holds the Slurpee out again. Perhaps now you would indulge yourself and sample some of this stupendous beverage that I am so graciously offering to you right now. Roger takes several deep breaths as the pain subsides. I, I don't know what is wrong with you, but do you not understand what is happening to me? I am literally dying right now. I'm going to die out here in these woods if you don't help me. Jennifer, smiling, looks down at Roger's bloody leg, then takes a sip from her drink. Come on now, don't you think you're being just a little overdramatic right now? I mean, you basically slowed the blood down to a trickle using that very innovative tourniquet, which was very quick thinking on your part. It is safe to say that had you not acted that quickly, you would most certainly have passed on by now. Roger holds his hands up in frustration. Do you think this is some kind of game or something? I don't understand why you're doing this to me. You wouldn't be the first person that has suggested that they are having a hard time understanding me. I truly do not have any idea as to why people have such an issue understanding me. It's not like I have some kind of speech impediment because I speak very clearly and precise. In fact, my vocabulary is quite extensive and impressive for just being 14 years of age. Somebody help me! I need help right now! Jennifer looks around the woods, then down at Roger. What in the world is it that you are currently trying to accomplish right now by screaming out like a demented man? I'm trying to get some kind of help, since you won't do it for me. Help me, somebody! Fair enough, then. You go ahead and do what it is you think you must do, but I feel obligated in this moment to inform you that you are basically spinning your wheels and wasting your breath. The cavalry will not be charging out of the darkness of the woods anytime soon to rescue you. Now, if it was I who was stuck in your situation right now, I would be doing everything in my power to preserve what energy I have left in that proverbial tank, as it could be a very long night. Roger, furious, glares at Jennifer. Go fuck yourself, psycho. Help! I'm over here! Jennifer walks over to some bushes and pulls out a set of weathered ski poles as Roger watches her intently. What are you doing? It wasn't by happenstance that you strolled right into this location of the woods. Each and every step of your travels were meticulously calculated and planned out to the most microscopic possibility that could have arisen. Roger, confused, 
looks at Jennifer. What the hell are you talking about right now? What was planned out? Jennifer tilts her head to the side and smiles at Roger. Well, this entire predicament you currently find yourself stuck in, silly, all of this is due to me. You see, you were out here hunting a deer, and I, in turn, was out here hunting you. I shepherded you into this lovely section of the forest that just so happens to suck up noise like a vacuum. It is literally the perfect geographic isolation for my actions. Meaning, I will not be disturbed. Roger shakes his head in disagreement. <laughs> That's impossible. I was following a deer, not you. Like I already said, it was all planned out. Please pay close attention now. Jennifer lifts up the ski poles, revealing cut-off deer feet attached to the bottom of them. I must apologize, as I realize that my design is really very crude. But I must admit, it is obviously very effective, as you are where you are right now. Roger quickly reaches over and grabs his rifle and aims it at Jennifer. I have had enough of all this shit. You're going to let me out of this trap right now before I put two rounds through your chest. Jennifer takes a step back. Yikes. Do you really think that threatening me right now is the best avenue you could travel down at this point in time? I mean, what kind of leverage do you think you currently hold? Roger steadies the rifle, aiming straight at Jennifer's chest. The brandishing of the weapon must be your concept of leverage. Very interesting. Jennifer tosses the ski poles down. I'm afraid you are not going to be able to cause me any harm with that weapon. Roger puts his finger on the trigger. <laughs> I beg to differ. I will drop your sorry ass like a bad habit. Jennifer rolls her eyes. You have certainly watched too many 80s movies with those terrible lines. Let me go ahead and tell you two rather important reasons as to why you won't be pulling that trigger and causing me harm. Jennifer holds up one finger. The first reason is that you are stuck out here in the middle of nowhere, and I am the only person that knows that. Jennifer holds up two fingers. The second reason is that the weapon you are currently holding lacks the necessary ammunition needed. Roger looks down at the rifle, then at Jennifer. You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. There is more than enough rounds in this thing, and I will so use them. Do you really think so? I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, simply because I happen to have a pocket full of these. Jennifer reaches into her pants pocket and pulls out a handful of bullets and holds them up. Would these happen to be the so-called rounds that you're referencing? Since they're in my hand, there is no possible way for them to come out of your weapon, correct? Roger stares at the rounds in Jennifer's hand, then glances down at the rifle. That's not possible. Jennifer shrugs her shoulders. Is it not possible because I am a woman and men always have the tendency to underestimate our ability and... 
basically all situations? Roger ignores Jennifer as he quickly opens the chamber of the rifle and finds it empty. Holy shit. Believe me when I say that I am literally several steps ahead of you in any thought you may conjure up in that head of yours. I am very meticulous in my planning and have every possible scenario covered. So don't bother looking for the ammo in your pocket, either. Roger pats down his empty jacket pocket. While you were unconscious, I made sure to remove all items that could possibly be used to cause me harm. I mean, if I didn't do that, would it not show a total lack of common sense on my part? It would put this entire carefully constructed plan of mine in severe jeopardy. Roger, dejected, stares at Jennifer as he lowers the rifle. You motherfucker! Jennifer shakes her head in disappointment. You must be a glutton for punishment because you keep begging me to dish it out. Jennifer picks up one of the ski poles and knocks the fly-covered deer hook off, revealing a rusty spike, then jabs it into Roger's leg, causing him to scream out. This is what happens when you continue to use that dark language you seem to like so much. I would strongly suggest that if you would like to avoid any more discomfort, then cease with that vulgar vocabulary. It really is just that easy. Roger holds his leg in pain. You little fucker! Jennifer quickly stabs Roger in the leg again, causing him to scream in pain. I keep trying to tell you that your actions provoke my reactions. It is a rather simplistic concept to grasp. Roger, with tears rolling down his face from the pain, looks up at Jennifer. <laughs> You're insane! Jennifer takes the ski pole and points it at Roger. Webster's defines insane as mentally unsound or deranged. I am neither of those things. However, if it makes you feel better about your present situation to paint me with that brush, then by all means do so. Jennifer takes the ski pole and spins it around as she paces back and forth. I would consider myself more a radical eccentric, or even go as far as to say a modern-day genius. Roger shakes his head in disagreement. Holy fucking, holy shit. You are truly delusional. Jennifer, without hesitation, stabs Roger in the leg with a ski pole, causing him to howl in pain. Not delusional at all, as my judgment is far from faulty or mistaken. Roger slowly regains his composure, then looks up at Jennifer with sympathetic eyes. Will you please just let me go? Whatever it is you're doing, you don't have to do it. Jennifer snaps her fingers. You're absolutely right about that. I don't have to do any of this. But it's unfortunate for you because this is something I actually want to do. I have a family. I have a wife and two kids that I love very much and want to see again. Thanks for sharing and all, but that is information I have already acquired on my own. Jennifer holds up Roger's wallet, then tosses it on the ground. 
I'm slightly perplexed here because you lay there and tell me how much you love your family, but yet you're out here in the middle of the woods hunting by yourself, which for the record I must say is an archaic act and no longer required as we are supplied all the substance that is needed from the grocery stores. Now with all that being said, if you truly love something as much as you are claiming you do, wouldn't you want to be around those things or people as much as possible? You know what? You're absolutely right. I should be back at home with them right now. Just let me go so I can be with them. Roger looks at the trap, then at Jennifer. I will not tell anybody about any of this. You most certainly will not be telling anybody anything about this as you will never see anybody ever again. I am sorry to say, but that ship sailed the second you stepped into these woods. Roger hits the ground. Please! I'm begging you. You just can't let me die like this. Like some kind of animal. I mean, what would your parents think? Jennifer holds her finger up. That is actually a very interesting question you've raised. Unfortunately, one that will not be answered. Why is that? My mother walked out after I was born, so I never knew her. I was raised by my father and two brothers. Because of that, I learned about human sexuality at a very early age, thanks to them. Because they all felt guilty about their actions, they walked around looking at me with disgust and disdain. Well, until their libido kicked up again. If I argued or kicked up a fuss, I got the hanger. Hanger? Jennifer pulls up her shirt and turns around, revealing dozens of scars across her back. The wire hanger. Oh, my God. Jennifer lets her shirt drop down. Now save your pity for somebody that needs it. The phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, is an absolute truth. Listen, I'm very sorry to hear what has happened to you. It isn't wrong. No child should ever have that happen to them. I can help you. You can help me? Yes. Please, elaborate on that. If you let me go, I will call the authorities or social service. There are programs in place to help with this kind of thing. That is your grand plan? To call an agency that is going to transplant me with a fake family? Or worse, shove me in a home for girls? <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Listen, you little fucker. Get me out of this fucking thing right now! Jennifer's eyes grow wide as she raises the ski pole up and over Roger's chest. Oh, stop! Roger brings his hands up to protect himself as Jennifer steps back, throwing the pole on the ground, followed by several deep breaths. Roger keeps his hands up in a defense position. I am going to need to step away for a while in order to get my emotions back in check. You seem to have worked me all up into a frenzy. And because of that, I almost killed you. Jennifer turns around and walks away. Wait a second. Where are you going? If you're lucky, I should be back before nightfall. You can't leave me here. Not like this. 
Jennifer, mumbling to herself, ignores Roger as she disappears into the trees. Roger grabs the trap and again tries to pull it apart, but it doesn't budge. Help me! Somebody help me! Please! Roger passes out and falls on his back. Roger, unconscious, lays on his back as the sun has gone below the tops of the trees. A figure wearing a black hooded coat darts out of the woods and runs up to Roger and looks down at him. Holy shit! I can't believe she's doing this. She's out of control. The figure kneels down and shakes Roger. Hey you, wake up! The figure slaps Roger on the face several times. Wake up already! Roger slowly opens his eyes. <gasps> Who are you? Where did she go? What? Who? My sister. The figure pulls the hood off, revealing Jill, who is 14, identical to Jennifer, minus the glasses and hat. Your sister? Yes, my twin sister, Jennifer. I'm Jill. Roger points out into the woods. Uh, she got all angry and went off into the woods. Does not surprise me. She's one twisted twat. How long ago did she leave? I don't really know. I passed out from the pain. Can you get me out of here? Jill holds up a key. It's your lucky day. I'm going to get you the fuck out of here before she comes back. Jill reaches down and with the key unlocks the trap and carefully pulls it apart as Roger cringes in pain. I can't hold this fucker much longer, so get your goddamn leg out. Roger painfully pulls his leg out as Jill looks at his bloody leg. Oh, that shit does not look good at all. You think he can stand up and walk? I don't know. I can try. Well, best you try, so get your ass up because we don't have much time. I gotta think she'll be back any minute. Roger, with Jill's help, slowly gets to his feet, just as Jill suddenly looks out toward a section of the forest. Oh, shit. Did you hear that? What is it? Hear what? I think she's coming back. We gotta haul ass. Jill helps the best she can to walk Roger toward the trees. Where are we going? Away from this place as fast as possible. My sister is trying to kill you. No shit. What gave that away? The fact she trapped me in a bear trap or was spearing me with a fucking ski pole? Jill shakes her head in disgust. You need to just keep moving and stay quiet. We're losing daylight by the second, and the last thing you want to do is be stuck out here in the dark. Jill continues to help Roger through the woods. Jill and Roger push through a collection of bushes and stop in a clearing as Jill looks down at Roger's leg. How is that thing doing? It's not doing good. I can't even feel it anymore. I need to get to a hospital right away. Hey, man, I'm trying my best here. Roger all of a sudden wobbles back and forth, struggling to keep his eyes open as Jill struggles to hold him up. What the fuck are you doing? Your ass can't be passing out on me. You need to stay awake. You pass out again and you are 
fucked. I won't be able to help you. Roger continues to wobble, causing Jill to slap his face, which causes him to open his eyes wide and steady himself. You good? If you want to get out of these woods alive, you gotta help me. Roger takes several deep breaths. All right. I'm good. Jill looks at Roger intently. You sure? Because I can't haul your heavy ass all by myself. Yes. Cool. Jill looks back at the darkening woods. I think we're going to make it. It doesn't seem like she's following us. How much further do we have to go? Not that far. It's just up ahead. Roger lets out a sigh of relief. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you so much. I really thought I was going to die back there. No worries. It's the least I could do. Roger sniffs the air, then covers his nose. Jesus! What is that smell? It smells like something died. Jill sniffs the air. It smells like something that died because that's exactly what it is. That smell cannot be mistaken for anything else. Jill looks over at a drop-off up ahead of them. Whatever the fuck that smell is, I think it's coming from over there. They step closer. Looks like some kind of pit. Now who the fuck would dig a pit out in the middle of nowhere? They step up to the edge of the pit, and Roger is horrified at the sight of three decomposing bodies in various stages of dismemberment and a deer with its hooves cut off. Oh my god. Roger looks at Jill. Your sister is insane. She killed these people. My father and brothers like to have their way with me. So finally, I was able to have my way with them. Oh, and I thought I already told you, I like to think of myself as an eccentric genius. Roger looks at Jill in confusion. What? Jill quickly pulls out a syringe and stabs it into Roger's neck, injecting the contents, then steps back, lifting her shirt, revealing the scars. Surprise. Roger stares at the scars in disbelief. It's you. Roger's body convulses. The whole sister thing worked like a charm. I must admit, I had some reservations about doing it at first, because I thought, who in the world would fall for such a ridiculous thing? It literally sounds like the plot to some bad Adam Sandler movie. Jennifer pulls out the glasses and hat, putting them on. I mean, the only difference is glasses and a hat. That's it. Roger holds his neck as he falls to his knees. At the time, I thought tooth and nail that being enrolled in a drama class was a waste of my intellect. However, I now see that it was time well spent. Roger tries to move, but his muscles will not respond. Help me. Roger watches as Jennifer picks up her backpack from the bushes and pulls out a Polaroid camera. Do me a favor. Give me a big smile. Well, if you can, of course. Jennifer kneels down and looks through the viewfinder of the camera. 
What the hell did you just inject me with? Smile. Jennifer takes the photo, then stands up as she looks down at Roger. I don't want to go and jinx it, but I have a very good feeling that this photo is going to be a keeper for sure. Jennifer pulls the photo from the camera and shakes it as she walks back and forth in front of Roger, who opens his mouth but is unable to speak. Well, would you look at that? It would appear that you are at a loss for words. Jennifer steps up closer to Roger. That doesn't really surprise me as I've injected a lovely neurotoxin into your bloodstream. Roger struggles to stay on his knees, but falls forward on his face into the dirt. The neurotoxin acts directly on the tissues of the central nervous system, traveling along the axis cylinders of the motor nerves to the brain. Jennifer kneels down, grabbing Roger and flipping him over. In short, what I have injected into you has rendered you paralyzed, as of course I'm sure you figured out by now with your inability to move any part of your body. Jennifer pulls out a cloth from her pocket and cleans away the dirt from Roger's forehead, then pulls out something rolled in black cloth from the backpack, which she places down next to Roger's head. Roger shifts his eyes over and watches as Jennifer unrolls the black cloth, revealing a collection of shiny, surgical tools. I'm sure if you were able to speak right now, you would be asking me, Why? Why am I doing this to you? Jennifer studies the surgical tools. It really all comes down to bad luck on your part. Had you just stayed home with that family you loved so much, you would not be lying here on the ground about to experience death. Another unlucky man would be in your place. Jennifer runs her fingers along the tools. The whole bear trap thing and me pretending to be my twin sister was all psychological. I really get a kick out of watching the emotional roller coaster that men go through during their life and death struggles. Jennifer picks up the photo and smiles. Not bad at all. In case you were never told, you're very photogenic. Here, take a look. Jennifer shows Roger the photo, then puts it away, then pulls out a pen and carefully draws a line across Roger's forehead. Roger's distressed eyes follow Jennifer's every move. After what my father and brothers put me through, I was bound and determined to find out the root cause of why men are so horrible to women. I needed to know what gave them that desire to do what they want with us. I started at the bottom, and I started working my way up. <laughs> and by the time I was on my last brother, I had reached the chest. So the next logical place to search would be the brain. Jennifer picks up a scalpel and taps it on Roger's head. So my plan is to open you up and study your brain. I'm sure I will be unable to come to any conclusions, but it's a start. 
My overall plan, once everything is said and done, is that everybody understands what I was trying to achieve and the message I want men to grasp. Jennifer places the scalpel against Roger's head. I sincerely wish I could tell you that this procedure will not generate an enormous amount of pain for you. But unfortunately, it will. Right up to the end. Jennifer drags the scalpel across Roger's head, causing blood to roll down his head and into his eyes. Not to mention, it's extremely messy. This concludes the twisted tale, Understanding Jennifer. Remember to keep those ears open for upcoming episodes of Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents, wherever podcasts are found.